Ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John Peckman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over bridge. Go through one satellite. Start looking left. You will find us. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit the alerts. If you're listening anywhere, tell everybody you know. If you want to be on the show with me, go right ahead. Just hit me up somehow. And also, um, Dave will tell you how to have your very own podcast here in our studio. Anybody can do it, clearly. Anybody can do it, including me. We're here today with an old friend. I've known you for a long, long time, Mr. Tom Smith. Here he is. Hey, Drummer. Drummer. Hey, John. Drummer. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> okay. I haven't seen you in a while. It's true. Yeah, man. Well, I'm just trying to stay busy. Yeah. And yeah in that. a challenging environment. Yes. Um, but uh, there's always something going on. Yeah. So. What are you up to lately? So tell us what you're doing, you know, um, lately that we might want to know about. Oh, I'm wearing a, a, a beautiful, so we'll talk about, we'll talk about Pittsburgh. Tom brought me a scarf today, a Pittsburgh Pirates scarf. Yeah. We're both, we're both big fans of the city. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll get to that. We'll yeah, get yeah. to that. So tell us what you're doing now and then we'll, 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 we'll tie it all in. Okay. Um, I'm playing currently with about four or five different bands. Um, Bronson Rock is a rock and roll band. Uh, we've got an album coming out in probably by December, I hope. It's been sent off for mastering. Hey, that's cool. Uh, Who's but, in that? Anybody we know? Um, probably the person you, you'd be most familiar with is Gary Mezzi, Buzz Gordo, yeah. Yeah. from uh, Big Bad Johns. Yep. Uh, made a songwriter. We do a bunch of quirky covers, but uh, cool. Gary wrote most of this stuff. Nice. Uh, Eric Bloomquist, the bass player. Yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah, he's excellent. And uh, Lou St. John, a keyboard player. Okay. Just uh, just us guys. Yep. Very f very fun thing to do. Yeah. And the songs are great. And that's called? Bronson Rock. Bronson Rock. Okay. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with E. Bronson? It has to do with um, then came Bronson. Whenever he, he had a problem with his motorcycle. Oh. He, you know, some people fix everything with either duct tape or a big hammer. Yeah. He would pick up a rock and... <laughs> So, oh, I see. It's like, he, it's like a Swiss Army knife. Right, you can get it done. World. Bronson Rocks can get it done. You exactly. Just, oh, yeah, I got it. That's cool. That's yep. cool. That's cool. Uh, right. Playing with the Cobalt Rhythm Kings. Okay, yeah. I've been around for 25 years. Yeah. I'm the new guy. I've been in for about 10 or 12. <laughs> uh, who's all that? Uh, Mark Zaretsky, Wendell Jones, and Greg Ben. Okay, cool. Uh, Mark's the founder. So. Yeah, yeah, the dude. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, yeah. I play with... Uh, Band called Happy Ending, okay, which is uh, Hank Hoffman used to uh, manage Best Video in Hamden. Yeah, and it's based on Hank, mostly Hank songs. Oh, cool. Um, he's been doing this for thirty or forty years. Oh, now. wow. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, he just re-released, uh, remastered his first album, which Whoa. was from like nineteen eighty three. Wow. And yeah. he's going to put that on CD. Why not? And uh, he's got an alter ego thing called the Alex Butterfield. Huh. Um, and we can talk about that a little later, maybe. Um, and. That's uh, actually two two EPs worth of really baroque psychedelic stuff. Wow! Which is the whole other end of the spectrum from like the Cobalt Rhythm Kings. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> A whole different harpsichords. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Sitars and horn sections and that's great. You know, it's like whack a mole. Every time you think something is done, something else will pop <laughs> up. You know? Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Play, playing uh, with um, with uh, Rob Jock, the singer. And, yeah. Um, Little bar gigs with Rob, uh, John Smeda, uh, James Montez, our yeah, buddy, yeah, and um, and Bubs Brown, uh, John Brown. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, he yeah. And, he and Rob were in the original like, yeah. bar together. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. So basically, it's our our old band dance committee with a different bass player. Gotcha. And um, yeah, that's cool. The original bass player Ben Boylan's got a great blues swinging blues band called um, uh, Junior Krause and the Shakes. Okay. They play around Central Connecticut a lot. So. Cool. So he's busy with that. Yeah. Um, summertime, I do a couple of uh, like park and rec concert gigs. Yep. With a soul band, uh, Memphis Soul Spectacular. It's like a seven, oh, yeah. seven piece horn band. Hey. Um, and that's cool. Our long running New Orleans party band, Dr. Yaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, that. And there's actually two versions of that band. Oh, really? Around. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Uh, and a couple of uh, gigs over the summer with uh, Eugene Chrysler does a lot of Western swing and yep. rockabilly stuff. Yep. Um, That's cool. And, um, gosh. Yeah. That's enough, That's, I would think. Yeah. That's got to be. Yeah. And some subbing here and there. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. You're going to need all that, you know. 
Well, kind of. You know, I th- think you, some of your guests, and, and I agree that it, it would be great to have one great band and just stay there forever. Of course, um, but yeah. that's not the world we're living in, especially in Connecticut. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know what you mean. It make it forces you to get out and you know challenge yourself a little bit and meet some new folks. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so you want to take us to the beginning? I mean, I know I've known you for a while, but we mm-hmm. fill in the blanks. What I don't know, okay. I guess you know. So where did you, where did you uh, grow up? How did it all start? I grew up in Hamden. Uh, oh. My dad was a drummer. Okay. Uh, his name is Harold Smith. He was very good. That's cool. Uh, um, and he was playing mostly in like the big band era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, huh. so he would go out and play weekend gigs when I was a kid. When people went out and dining and dancing. Yeah. Right. Right. A steady get with weekend. your best gal or whatever, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, with Mickey Dell at the um, uh, the Colonial House in Hamden. Oh wow! Which happened to be about a quarter of a mile from our house. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all shopping centers now, but yeah, back yeah, then yeah. things were different. You know, sure. But he played the Connecticut Shoreline and stuff. Um, he was mostly a New Haven guy. He used to play at the Hotel Taft when they had dances there. Yep. Uh, so you could do that. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of his teenage friends was Don Trenner, who ended up a fabulous piano player who went out to the West Coast and had a great career out there on the beginnings of music on TV. Oh, wow. And returned to Connecticut a few years back and um, led the the Hartford Jazz Orchestra until he passed away a couple of years ago. But Don was a great guy. Anyway, my father played with Don when they were kids. Mm. And uh, my, my dad didn't want to go on the road, so he, right. he just, just made it stayed happen. home at a little antique shop in a garage behind the house. And those were his two passions, drumming and having this little antique shop. Sounds good. Yeah, it, it was That good. works. <laughs> yeah, just piecing it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So. Uh, Any uh, drums pass through that antique? Probably. Well, I still have my dad's set, which is a 1940 and 41 Ludwig kit. Wow. Um, sure. like the 26 inch bass drum. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> as it moves a lot of air. Yeah. 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 yeah I have a 28 at home. Oh. Old Ludwig. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll fill a room. Oh yeah. It's gotta be the right room. You need to, you got, you got to wonder, I guess that was it's kind of funny reverse engineer. Cause we think that that's big. Yeah. You know, being rock guys, we're 20, 22. That's where we're. And then you're like, well, no, they had to be big because there was no microphone. Sure. You're like, oh, that's why they were big, right? Yeah. Kind of? Oh, sure. Or maybe they were thinking coming from marching drums, which were bigger. Probably a combination of the two, I would think. So it was more, like you say, more moving air than punchy Uh or whatever. But yeah, that's funny. It's like, yeah, that's why they were big. You're playing a ballroom. You got to make it happen. I, I, uh, I stopped using them. Years yeah, ago yeah, for, I bet. for yeah, obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah, put them under a glass cube. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and also, they have uh, tacked heads on the bottom. You can't tune them. Oh, right. So I could dumb Imagine when, that. I, when I was a teenager and I started going out and playing gigs, I had my dad's drum set. I didn't know any better. Yeah, right, sure. And you get the summer humidity, and it just yeah, you know, yeah, horrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did get them out of mothballs. Um, I was in the, like the last incarnation of Gary. What's the finish? Uh, white pearl. Yeah, yeah. Probably yellow. Yeah. 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 yeah Just it's, right. It's, it's exactly <laughs> nickel hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Baskets for the, the, uh, the floor toms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I did play him on a, uh, uh, swing dance gig at the Hartford town hall, West Hartford town hall. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've done those gigs. big open yeah. wood floors yeah. and everything. And I hadn't used them in years. And you must record with those somewhere along the line. I would out. like to do that. You should do do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like get them down good. Sure, once or twice or whatever. Yeah, that's your, heavy. Your friend Jay Wigan was the bass player on that gig. It was with the last one of the last versions of Gary and the Mood Swingers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. going out doing swing dances and weddings. Yep. yep. And um, I started playing and I couldn't hear it because it was a big high stage, yeah, and sure. a big open room, and I just leaned over to Jay and said, "Can you hear this thing?" And he goes, yeah right don't worry about it yeah it's all coming out the front yeah 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 it's enormous thing coming off the stage yeah well you know like a bass wave the further you get yeah the more waves you're gonna catch yeah yeah when you're behind it you go "Eh, whatever yeah i didn't want to blow anybody away so i didn't tune it terribly high you know if you tune it higher it'll translate better yeah yeah yeah. but it was fine that's cool (laughs) so my dad died when i was nine and um my, I thought, well, that's it. You know, he'd 
he gave me a practice pad, which I still practice with just about every night. Wow. Um, which he made himself, I think. Yeah. A piece of wood and a piece yeah. of rubber. Yeah, sure. And uh, he taught me a few rudiments and stuff. And yep. um, I thought, well, that's the end of that. And uh, my family said, oh, no, we got to get Tommy drumming lessons. That's so cool. they set me up with my father's drummer. It was this very stern uh, older gentleman named Earl Sturtz. Okay. And, and Mr. Sturtz was a national rudimental uh, drum attorney judge. Oh. So nothing was going to get passed. Yeah, I was him. saying, yeah, he's not going to take any mess. I lasted for two lessons. Oh, really? He pulled my mother aside. My, my mother didn't have two nickels to rub together. She goes, you're wasting your money. He's not gonna oh, no. So he, he didn't did both of us favor. Yeah, right, right, know. right. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. Um, so I was ne- I next went to a guy named Russell Spang on a little studio on Chapel Street in New Haven. Okay, and he had a little studio upstairs above well the original Merle's record rack. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I know that. Yeah, it's it's going. There's just a hole in Chapel Street now where the bus stop is. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back a ways. Yeah. I grew up with Merle's record rack in Wallingford. That was my right. spot growing up. Yeah, they moved yeah. around a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's still one. I don't know if it's the same connected, but they're orange, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So uh, I was a lousy student for Mr. Spang as well, oh. um, but he taught me a lot of you know basic dance, what were considered dance beats at the time. Sure. You know, and this would be like what year approximately? Uh, Pre-Beatle, mid, mid, just as the Beatles were starting. To okay. Happen. And he. Uh, uh, this this will explain it to you. I, he was trying to explain to me what a rock and roll beat was. Oh yeah, yeah. Some music that'll never last. Some garbage. Two, two and four, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I was having a little trouble with it. Rock and roll beat, like my, making all my. Which dreams. would have been just boom, bats, boom, yeah, bat, just right. Beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you know, I've been listening to, I don't know what you know. Yeah, around yeah. The house. But you learn fox trot and the cha cha and. Uh, my parents uh, are playing, you know. Sing along with Mitch albums, yeah, and yeah. Broadway show tunes. And I'm like, I, I, I don't see the connection here, you mm-hmm. know. So he did me a favor too. He said, uh, you know, if you want to learn how, want to learn how to play this music, you should get some of the records. Yeah, yeah. So I marched right downstairs afterwards, and I got a what two forty fives, Day Tripper, and uh, the Batman theme. Oh boy! So this would be sixty five, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, I just and then you, then you, yeah, you go, you hear Batman, you're like, "There's the beat, right? There it is." Oh, sure. I hear it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and it's something you know you already have in your head from watching TV as a kid sure. all the time. Anyway, you know, you heard it and you were like, "Pow!" I get it. Yeah, yeah. Biff, yeah. you know, or whatever. <laughs> so it was, it was still kind of a struggle, and you know, I I didn't really jump in all in with rock and roll music until I was in high school. And this buddy of mine uh, said, "Hey, man, I got some records. Why don't you come over to the house Saturday?" And he played me uh, Axis Bold as Love. Oh, boy. And the first two Doors albums. That'll do it. And everything just went Technicolor all of a sudden. Right? Because it's jazz-y. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it had these big gothic over t- undertones and stuff. I went, man, this is magnificent yeah. stuff. And, and Jimmy, forget it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was still a lot of a mystery, but it's, it definitely was something that I want to listen to this. And yeah. I, and I realized there was a whole other world I was missing out on. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that stuff too. I had, I probably tell the same stories I had somewhat later experience, but um, I learned a lot. My sister, older sister had a Doors greatest hits. I learned a lot from just trying to play what was on that record. Because like you say, then you realize you're not just playing rock beat. You're playing a bossa nova. You're playing with brushes. You're playing a wall. You're playing in three. Sure. You know, it was like, Thanks, the doors. Like yeah. this is helpful. Yeah, I mean, Jen Dunn. and Mi- and how and Mitch Mitchell. How wrong are you going to go? There's a lot to learn there. Yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, there's still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I kind of got the bug at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then you started hooking up with bands, or I didn't think I. My friends, I had some. Friends who were really talented, who were much better at this than I was. Okay. Know? So we all played together. We played together a lot uh, when we were teenagers and young adults. Uh, but, you know, these guys went off to Berkeley and music yeah, schools yeah. and were in bands and stuff. And I wanted to, I thought I wanted to pursue writing oh, instead. So right. I, I did that for a long time. Yeah, we talk about that. Yeah. As they say, put a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did that for a number of years and it's hard to get rolling doing that that is a tough business i mean if, yeah, if you're if you're drumming you know maybe you could get a f- 
at least you can go out and hustle up a bar gig and, you know, yeah, you'll you can't make... be a bar writer. There's no. no writing. There's no, no. I mean, you'll get, you'll get paid. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Um, you'll know pretty much whether you did a good job or not. Right. You get socialized with other people. Sure. None of that stuff. Yeah. Happens. You say, yeah <laughs> writing, zero. No, yeah. No, zero. Yeah. It's like a message in a bottle. You don't know if you it's hope. working. You don't know. Yeah. I had a good run at the New Haven Advocate in the early 80s, though. Okay. I wrote mostly about music and arts. That's I got cool. To, um, interview a lot of my favorite musicians, which was great. Richard Thompson and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Guys wow. Like that, you know, which That's was cool. good for me because I was very shy and it kind of beat it out of me. It's like, you got to go talk to these guys. Whoa. What was the craziest? Well, I shouldn't say craziest. Why would I ask that first? What was your, what was your favorite, a good memory of uh, interviews? Like who stands out? Well, you said Richard Thompson and Stevie uh, Ray Vaughan. So. Well, Richard, was, he actually, uh, he, his, he was his first solo tour after his, his marriage had broken up. Okay. With, yeah, yeah. With Thompson. Yeah. And I couldn't bring myself to talk to him about it. I, yeah. So we talked about folk music and folk rock and Barry yeah. Manilow. Oh, wow. And I got a great interview out of it. Oh, that's funny. But what later, does he know about Barry Manilow? That's funny. Oh, he's, he's, oh, he's huge in England. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I never... <laughs> so that was great. But uh, yeah. I just didn't have the ambulance chaser in me. I couldn't go there, you know? Yeah, he's a probably... nice guy. Very shy. Oh. Um, and... Uh, he probably was happy. He didn't have to yeah. do this is the regular, the usual. He's probably sitting there like, when is he going to do it? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. the question going to Yeah, come? what happened? Why? why yeah, yeah. Why? yeah. Um, but you could talk about Fairport Convention alone with him. That would be oh, fine. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. enough. Probably doesn't want to talk about oh, that either. We'll put a little pin in that, in that <laughs> okay. as well. Right. Yeah. I got, I've got something to talk about yeah, yeah. that as well. Um, Stevie Ray was very nice and very sweet. Wow. Uh, I got to interview uh, Weird Al before it be, became like an international wow. thing. Yeah, that's cool. Dr. Demento and... Um, sure. Uh, um, Willie Ruff, the great teacher, uh, jazz guy, who uh, founded was one of the founders of the uh, the jazz uh, Ellington Scholarship Jazz Series at okay. Yale. Um, yeah, that is a brilliant guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Is he still around? Uh, I think so. I don't know that he's teaching anymore. Okay, um, but maybe, he, he maybe was, we can get him in, get him in here. Yeah, uh, he, he may he was from Sheffield, Alabama, I think, and he may have retired back down. Oh, there. Okay. But there's a great book about him and his uh, his duo partner Dwight Mitchell, the pianist, called Willie and Dwight. Okay, which is you know if you love you love musician I biographies. Do. I do. If you can't find a copy of it, I'll set you up with one. Okay. All right. Cool. It's a yeah. Yeah. Slim yeah. book, but boy, talk about. I'm down. Um, you know, giants walk the earth kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I bet. interviewing him was a real high point. That's cool. So it was great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but as I said, you know, it's hard to get any traction doing that. Yeah, it so was just kind of hard to get paid in those days as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're just writing when you can. Mm-hmm. So yep. during that time, I, I played, uh, I drummed with a band called Radio Reptiles <sighs> at Ron's place quite a bit. Okay. Uh, you know, the punk club in New Haven. That was a blast. Yeah, that, I, that might have been before my time. Sorry. Yeah, um, that, that was a, that was a good little band, but it, um, we were. It sounded kind of like. Live at Leeds and Captain Beefheart duking it out of the <laughs> elevator, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, but wh- I, where was the elevator going? Up, yeah, up well, or down? That's, well, the, that's thing. the thing. Once you got past the, the initial chorus stru- uh, verse and chorus thing, it could and, go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have to pull it back in, yep. which was fun. It was kind of like playing jazz. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, as yeah. I said, like live at Leeds, you didn't know where that was right. going to go. Right, right. Yeah, sure. So, um, so after doing that for a couple of years, I got it in my head that I would move to England. Oh, wow. So I was there for uh, a better part of a year. And by, wow. the time I, by the time I got back, my chops were shot. Oh, boy. Um, what, when was it? 83, 84. Oh, wow. And what did you do over there? Did you uh, go to play or to no. write or both or any or all? I thought, my, I thought that my, uh, I thought I was going to be able to send back stuff back to the Advocate. But there had. Um, oh, I see. This was a time of like the Green uh, C and D and the cruise missile, cruise missile protests and all that. Sure. Stuff. Between that and the, and the music, I thought, well, there's plenty to write about here. I got you. you know, so you're going to be like a correspondent or whatever. Right. And I had friends there that I wanted to spend time with. Uh, and um, whereabouts? Uh, that time, Leicester. Wow. It's about an hour and change north of London. Okay. Um, and and it was kind of cool. They. You know, this was like the Thompson twins were like top of the heap, then, okay. like that kind of stuff, yep. which I wasn't nuts about. 
but there was sort of like a resurgence. The, the whole pub rock thing was back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were bands uh, like Diz, uh, Diz and the Doormen, okay, the New yeah. Orleans kind of thing, Diz Watson, great New Orleans-style piano player, and uh, like a Cajun rock and roll band uh, called the Ballum Alligators. Huh. And uh, the, uh, it was fronted by uh, one of the front guys with Grant Watkins, who plays accordion with Bill... Uh, he's played with Bill Kirchin and Nick Lowe and those guys. Okay. Um, and the drummer for both bands was this little Irish guy named um, Kieran O'Connor. Okay, of course, that was his thing. Yeah, you know, he had a long, <laughs> like, ZZ Top beard. Yeah, yeah. He was really short, and he had this tiny drum set, 20-inch bass drum, a dented ride cymbal, a hi-hat, and a Ludwig snare drum. Yeah. John, he was like the drum army. <laughs> yeah, you One of the best New Orleans-style drummers. Wow. He, had he ever even been to New Orleans? Who knows? I don't know that he had. Yeah, right, imagine that. Yeah. But, but when Dr. John would come over, he would specifically hire him wow. for, for those gigs. He was the dude. He was the dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's fabulous. crazy. So I, I spent a lot of time holding the bar up, listening to those yeah. guys. Yeah. So you went there trying to get something different, and you got more American. You got more authentic American stuff in a way. In a way. Kinda, in and a way. also, I don't know. I was fascinated by how these guys could put such a, an authentic spin on it, having never logged any time. Doing how it. do you think that is? Who knows? I, I don't know. Well, you know, something uh, in the water. John Cleary, the piano player. Yeah, yeah, he lives in New Orleans now. He was part of that scene as well. Had, oh, okay. He had a band called uh, uh, King Cleary and the Savage Mooses, and he was at Cafe Night a few years ago. And I said, I remember you with the Savage Mooses. You good lord! <laughs> wow. So there's a thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it? I wonder. Did you get lucky? Was it just in that area that you were in, or was it all of England at that time? No, I think it was. It was probably you know I, there are you know pockets of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not only in England but all over Europe because you got lucky. Yeah, and I, I honestly, people value that that rootsy kind of stuff over there more than they do here. You know, right? You know, right. they just love it because it's exotic. Maybe we take it for granted. It's the age old. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? We take it for granted. It's in our backyard. I don't want to listen to that old stuff. Right, right, right. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Beatles sell it back to you or the Stones exactly. sell it back to you. and you know. Or even the Skiffle thing before that. Right. Selling it. You know, right. It, we got to put a pin in that as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run out of pins. <laughs> I know. This is going to go on and on. Uh, hey, so that's cool, though. I got back and... Did uh, you pl do any plant? Oh, you said your chops. Yeah, none. Yeah, so. No. Um, and I, end, I came back and it's I... It's all going up here. It's kinda, all taking it all in. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I needed a place to live when I got back, and I ended up living at Cynthia Lyons' house in Cheshire. And one day she said, uh, my friend Rob's band needs a drummer. Okay. You want to go audition? I went, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I got the dan gig with Dance Committee and did that with them for five and years. And that was Rob Jock. Rob, John Smeda, uh, Jimmy, and, sure. uh, and Ben. Yeah, I got you. That's yeah. cool. And. That was a smoking little band. That yeah. was great. Great yeah. fun. I, I still, these guys are still my friends. We still play together yeah. in all kinds of different permutations. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. John Smade is awesome. Yeah. He's so funny. When I, 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 grew I played up, with him Saturday, Friday, actually. Did you really? Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. I used to um, play with, uh, no, I grew, all right. I grew up in Wallingford. Mm -hmm. And I was always, like, ever since I was a little kid, I was just, the library is my scene. That's my spot. <laughs> So I'm a li library's pet, you know, forever. Sure. And I used to see Sue there, and she was like, oh, you're a musician. Like, she figured it out, checking my books out. Yeah. My husband plays in a band, you know, whatever, whatever. And then it took years before I finally started. And I'm like, you're that, you know, you're like. that guy. Well, I didn't put it together because I didn't really know her last name. Sure. You know, or whatever. And I start playing gigs with, with John. And then I'm like, hey, there's the librarian lady. I'm like, Oh, this is your husband. I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah. she was trying to hook him up, hook us up, and mm -hmm. I didn't. Yeah, and then it took anyway. Well, yeah. he's retired now, and he's playing more than ever. He's, yeah, right, right. Sue says I never see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. off somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he's yeah, no, he's awesome. Yeah, cool. So, that's cool. Was that so? When was that? Was I there yet? You and I were on the same bill. The first time I heard you play was we were on. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, it was dance committee. It was a benefit for that big warehouse that, in New Haven that burned up, and it was a toads. It was like five or six bands. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And uh, so that would have been. Because I joined in like eighty nine, ninety. I think I joined in ninety. So well, that this would have been eighty. Well, towards the first year or so, I was in the band. So eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, I was like not. That. Yeah, I was. Oh, no, you were the K man band at that time. Yeah, probably, maybe. Yeah. 
Because I remember in '85, I was playing with Tom Stankus and Pierce. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. All those cats. Sure. Like, and then came and came. Well, well, you that. can probably you can better handle on what year it was then. But yeah. the first time I saw you was with the K-Man band at Toad's Place, and I went, oh. "Who's that? Who's that kid with the hair? He's great." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got Thompson twins hair. Right, right. Thinking of, <laughs> thinking of, yeah, 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 yeah. That was then. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we far did, out. We did that for until about ninety or so, mm-hmm. and uh, ninety two moved out of Cynthia's. When did you move out of? 90. She kicked you out because she's she so did. mean. Yeah. Exactly. Did she really? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, she said, "Time for you to go, sir." <laughs> now, yeah. now we're we're still good for. Actually, I've done uh, you know, the reunion gigs with the uh, original lineup. Mm, mm-hmm. I've done about half a dozen of those over the decades. Their, their original drummer, John Baker. Yep. Trevor Davis mentioned him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. The show. Yeah. Uh, John wanted to be a truck driver. Wow. And and he did become a truck driver. Amen. And he's still a swinging drummer. Yeah, yeah. But he just doesn't want to play out. That's wild. Yeah, so, they just did something. They went to Colorado or yeah, something right. crazy. Yeah, one yeah. of their original fans. So they paid a whole bunch of those of them to, to go out to. Um, crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I saw that. It's funny. Play drums. Uh, Paul Farge. Do you know Paul? I, I know. I, yeah, I know the name. I don't know him. What a great drummer, I, man. I bet. He played uh, with the Helium Brothers, who were a big thing in New Haven. Okay. And they... 70s early 80s i would i guess yeah and uh, when i played when i started playing with tom stankus way back in the 80s he made one record and paul far george was the drummer uh, was the name and so it's just a name to me i don't sure actually know him, you know. yeah he's I, I think he lives out of state now yeah yeah but uh yeah that was that's quite Crazy. a deal yeah 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 nuts um so playing with them that's your main thing for a while Till about ninety two, okay. and and that kind of ended. And I started uh, uh, James Montez, uh, Bob Elliott from uh, B Willie. Sure. Uh, and the three of us started a trio called the Banditos. Yep. And we worked really hard at it. Yeah. Um, we we practiced a lot and we played a lot of uh, interesting places. Unfortunately, we the timing was just as the club scene was was crashing. Um. But uh, that's also the first, I think the first gig we did was also the first time we did the Dr. Yaya thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were like, we were the rhythm section of that. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. But uh, we kept the Banditos going. We made one CD at uh, Jim Chaplin's old house yep. studio. Yep. Um, in 95 or 6. Sure. And then it just, uh, 96, it became kind of impossible to keep it going between the crashing of the, pub, uh, the club scene and everybody's yep. commitments. Yep. So, um at that point, I started doing more sub stuff. Yep. And, you know, I was very disappointed by it. But in the end, it was probably good because it made me get out more and meet more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Instead and of just being more, into one thing. Yeah, more interesting playing situations and stuff. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I played a, you know, it, it, it runs different cycles. You know, yeah. I had a lot of blues gigs for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then something else. And every once in a while, something special will come along. Yep. You know. Um, yep. I hear you. You know, so I had a couple of those. I got to play with uh, Betty Harris, the, uh, the soul singer, for a couple of gigs. Yeah. And learn all those great Alan Toussaint songs. Yeah. That's um, heavy. And um, what else? Uh, I got to play with Hilton Valentine's uh, Skiffle Band. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Blast. Talk about full circle. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what a nice man. Yeah, I never, I never met him. He lived in Wallingford, my hometown. Right. I, I never crossed paths with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, you know, he didn't go out and about that much. I think he's very happy. He and his wife had a very happy home life. And hey, that's cool. Yeah, they, um, their drummer moved down south, I think. And okay. I got an email asking if I would be available to do some rehearsals in case he was able to, you know, just to keep things yeah, yeah. going in case he was able to come back and do the gigs. Huh. And it ended up being. Uh, <laughs> half a dozen gigs and then went from skiffle to including electric animal stuff which was a blast oh wow so and there you are with the dude yep doing the thing and he would just plug in and he'd sound you go like there he is you know yeah 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 it's There's that the sound it's yeah. that sound it's yeah. him you know i know it's so crazy but he was crazy. a sweetheart and and we got to go to england and play a couple of gigs hey that was a blast that must have been that's cool your triumphant return yeah, it was a whole other part of the country, so nobody knew. <laughs> I was like, where? So they yeah, weren't I, like, he's back. No, no, no. <laughs> I wrote to my friends. I said, hey, I'm coming over with Hilton. And they said, where? A, a color code social club. And they're like, dude, that's like four hours away from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
yeah, up near it. Scotland. Yeah, 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 right, right. That uh, must have been a while. It was fun. Yeah? Yeah. That's like his home turf? Yeah, he grew up in uh, next town over in North Shields, which is uh, just part of the greater uh, uh, Newcastle area. Okay, it's by the you know up by the sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's home hometown real. That's hometown cool. Gigs in a way. Hey. One, one of them was the other one was in a city about an hour south of there. Okay, um, but uh, it's a great experience. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Just checking it all out. Yep. You know, fly on the wall. And I didn't bring a drum. I brought brushes and a stand. Whoa. And uh, I, a drum key, no, yeah, <laughs> a drum key. Um, yeah. But I thought, you know, I don't need a kit for, oh, and, a, and spoons. I brought a pair of spoons. Yeah, sure. Because I had to play spoons on two numbers. Right. I had to learn how to play spoons Whoa. on my knee. You know? Really? Yeah. Huh. Skillful. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Wow. So it was, I, I decided to go shopping for a drama. And, I, <laughs> you know, I thought yeah. this will be another adventure. Sure. So that was fun. Why not? Yeah. What'd you find? I found an Olympic studio snare drum, which was like, uh, you know, a premier yeah, student level yeah. thing. And I went to leave and I said, do you have a tuning key for this? It was like 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And he said, no, they're like hands teeth now, you know, because they have the slotted. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I have plugs. an old premiere from yeah. the 60s. Yeah. I said, hold on a second. And he, <laughs> he gave me a busted screwdriver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, here, this will work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's we, funny. We stuck it in a, a plastic uh, department store bag and off we went. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I have, well, I got one of those keys if, if you need it. I got an old Premier 60s something. I don't know what friend of mine was getting rid of them. I don't even know. He doesn't even remember. He's like, I don't remember how I even got these. Somebody yeah. left them. And he's like, do you just take them to get them out of the house? Sure. And I was like, all right, here's the deal, though. I'll take them, but let me research. If they're worth stupid money, then I'll, we'll sell them. I'll sell them and give you the money or something. Right. Um, but they, it's, there was something that wasn't original. It wasn't all original, so yeah. I don't think that they... But, yeah, it came with the weird slotted key. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been able to figure this out. The, the bottom, the floor tom head, it's an odd side. Like, Some I, metric thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... Wow, this is weird. I gotta. Why do you guys do this? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it is cool. It's a pretty. It's like what? What color is it? Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like puke. It's like every color. It's like yeah. a. I don't want to say red, white, and blue. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I'm not good at describing exactly what the finish is, but it's like a multicolored, a blue, red. Yeah. Not swirl, but uh -huh. some kind of. I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. Somebody's bad idea. Yeah, somebody's bad idea. Um, I'm sure. I know you've seen pictures of Ringo's old premiere kit. The, yeah, the brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's no, it's not that. Yeah, but um, you know, it's like the snare drum is the the throw off is pretty intricate. It's in. It sounds nice. Let's see if I can find. Anyway, um, tell us something else while I quickly. Well, while all this was going on, I started collecting drums because I found that if I was declaring my band income, I could write them off on my tax return. There you go. So um, about five or no, I explained, I don't know, some years ago, my buddy, high school friend, Bob Anderson, uh, sure. a good musician, a DJ on P WPKN right yeah. now, Bob called me up and he says, hey, we've got to start a vintage drum business online. Oh, that's right. So that's right. we did that and we've been trying to clear out our basements ever since. Um, crustytubs.com. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, so if you need anything, call me. Yeah, definitely. What do you got? What, what stands out? Sorry, um, I'm, I am listening. I'm trying to find yeah, this. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think both of us are trying to sell drum kits right now because neither of us want to get involved in shipping them anywhere. Oh, I got you. And, and symbols are tough, too, because it's such a subjective thing. You know, people, you know, you want to hear it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no one's going to buy so, one. And if you can, you can put up a YouTube video and, and hope for the best. You sold some symbols online that way. Yeah. But, uh, what do you have symbol-wise that stands out to you? Um, I'm going to stop looking in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I overbought Turkish brand symbols, which oh, I yeah. like very much. As a matter of fact, I, I use them quite a lot. They're little, they're, um, uh, they sound like the, the Zildjian Karop series a lot. Um, and at a much friendlier price. Um, but I got hooked on them because I, I bought um, an early one from uh, Charlie Donnelly who had the Vintage sure. Drum Shop yep. in, in Newington. And Charlie was very good to me over the years. Cool. And uh, he turned me on to this 
I think it was like a hundred bucks or something. Whoa. It was my favorite ride symbol. It's great. Yeah. Some New York guy came in and dumped it there. Yeah, right. And yeah. and I I thought it was an Istanbul looking at the, the little Yeah. And then one day I looked at it with a magnifying glass. I went, no, this says Turkish hmm. as a brand name. Wow. And then I started find, seeing them online. And I don't elsewhere. know if I'm familiar with that. They sell most of their businesses in Europe, I think. Okay. Um, I think Drum Center Portsmouth or somebody around here started retailing them not too long ago. Wow. But this was about 10, 15 years ago. Wow. And uh, I grabbed a bunch of them. Anyway, I have some. I, they don't I still make them? I overbought. And oh, so I got trying you. To, you know, yeah. in the herd. And I've, I've got some, like, 70s uh, um, Zildjian rides, like the big yeah. battleship kind of guys. Maybe we got to talk about that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love symbols, you know. I know. The right the, the right combo. Yes, I, I do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Um, I got, oh, yeah, I have the, you, I got a mug and a pillow. There was a Ludwig. Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Every day, sure. I got that. That's in my studio. The pillow. Yep. And the mugs. The mugs on the rack. Yeah, limited um, edition. You got. You're the only kid on your block with that. Oh, it's killer. When I was a kid, I had, not not Ludwig. Nothing good, but Red Sparkle was like my first real kit. So yeah. that's so exciting. So I got, I you. I guess when you were doing that, you posted something. It's like, you know, you a, a vintage Ludwig, like a. 50, I don't know how old it was, I know but the red was. sparkle, and you made a graphic out of that. Yeah. It was like, we got pillows, we got mugs. I was like, I'll take a mug, I'll take a pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a mid-60s pioneer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what that was. That's yeah, killer. Yeah. But to me, when I see red sparkle drums, I get excited. I gotta have that. Reminds me, yeah, it reminds yeah. me of the, the old days. Sure. Yeah, it's funny. Killer. Um. All right, I was wondering how much we could get into this. Like, what is your ultimate... What's the what, what's the vintage drum kit or piece of gear that got away? Like, what do you, what, what what do you, what's the unicorn or whatever? I don't know how to put it. Like, what are you looking for? Ah, uh, like what would be the the thing? I've been really lucky. Uh, uh, I'm not somebody that needs like a top hat and cane finish. <laughs> you know, twenty thousand dollar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I reached the point where I wanted to have stuff that I would use only. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that helped save me a lot of dough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if I'm not going to use it, I'm, yeah, yeah. maybe I'll keep it for a while for an investment or, yep. or I'm going to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you, so know, you have everything that you need, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah, you, you don't know, have any. I've got a 20s uh, brass shell Ludwig, which is, you know, it's the same shell as the Black Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, um, killer. Um, I've got some really nice... Um, you know, I still have my father's drums. Wow. You know? Yeah. Actually, I, pl- I played my father's snare drum for the first time in years at a, at a gig in Hamden backing Brian Larney, who's a great singer-songwriter from Bridgeport. Okay. And Brian wrote a bunch of songs that, uh, you know, singer-songwriter stuff, but he sort of took the 1920s ballroom jazz stuff. Oh, nice. Influence and yeah, sort cool. of meshed the two of them. And you're like, give me, I'm bringing that snare. I'm bringing a calfskin head bass drum. Whoa. A wool beater, and I'm bringing my father's snare drum. Nice. And his little 10-inch Socks symbol. Socks symbol. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it sounded perfect. Yeah. You know. That's killer. Yeah. It's great. So it's, you know, right tool for the job. Kind That's of right. Thing. Yeah. That's the way it should um, be. That's killer. I, outdoors, I've got a, I, I lucked into getting a, um, a cast iron 4x14 Joe, Joe Montanari snare drum. Whoa. Which you can hear, you know, in Hartford from here. Oh, really? Yeah. Super loud? Super loud, but also really sensitive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do just about anything if you, if you, treat it properly yeah right 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 um, wow that's crazy and i've got a, f- a few really good drums made by gary noonan who's a, uh, a drum maker he's based outside of london okay and uh he makes really good stuff nice um, so killer uh, actually the, the the vintage drum thing actually led to me to my most my last teacher it was dave maddox oh wow Ooh. uh dave moved here around just before 2000, I think. Oh, wow. And he was playing with Mary Chapin Carpenter. He lives up on the North Shore in Massachusetts. Right, that I knew. And he, I met him at a, one of the Connecticut drum shows. And I'm like... Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah, he's, you know. I love his playing. So he, he just sort of went, yeah, okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked and we became friends because we were both afflicted with the vintage drum geek gene. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that about yeah. him. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Cool. He's, he, 
we have a pro- common problem that we could discuss. <laughs> yeah, the 12-step yeah. program yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, he was also teaching at the time, and I was doing those Alex Butterfield things for Hank Hoffman. Okay. And I was really out of my depth because the stuff was with click tracks and very Baroque, okay. a million parts. Right. And, and I needed some help for, to write studio charts out. Yeah. And also, so I, I took a couple of lessons with Dave, who was very, you know, patient. Nothing he can't do. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, yeah. he, you know, very matter-of-factly, you know, um, gave me a good system for writing the, the charts out simply, which got me through that whole process, hey, which that's was cool. great. And we, you know, we just talked about tuning and fundamentals and stuff. And I, I can't say how helpful that's been. Wow. Yeah. Really, really helpful. Man. And, yeah, I, I mean, you know. So great teacher too. He's a good guy. And um, I, he's a great musician because, you know, he, he started as a piano tuner. And, oh, you know, wow. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a lot under the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't so show. musical, just musical he, all around. He's a great musician. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's also a good drummer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah, I remember I had, uh, sorry, to, I, yeah. um, well, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but I was like, um, I had these old, these DVDs of the old gray whistle test back in the day. Yeah. And there's Fairport Convention, and they're kind of doing a thing with no drums. And I'm like, is that Dave Maddox playing bass? Like, he's the bass player. Oh, yeah. When I he needs that. to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's one of those guys. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Killer. Yeah. Well, I, I heard the Fairport Legion Leaf album when I was in, in college. And, you know, so I, I, I sort of, oh, you know. Sure. And, that, and then I became a John Martin fan, and he right. turned up there. Sure. And then over the years, he kept turning up on all of these records that I liked. Right, sure. You just, there must and, be something to it. And I think I heard a live album that they did, and I went, whoa, what is what is that? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, you know, I want to be that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just, one of these guys that kept turning up over and over again in situations, and I, I just... I've learned a lot by watching how he approaches different things. Cause this is a guy who can go out and play, you know, yeah. just balls to the wall rock music or sit there and play bass. Right. 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 You know, <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah. you know, a lot to be learned from that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I, I, I would be curious to know, to, to figure out what I could learn. Um, I, I mostly knew him at the time cause I kind of went backwards but uh, he played on an XTC record. I love that record. And it's like, that's one of my favorite drum records performances ever of all time. Me too. It, it just, oh, he's, okay, great. You know, yeah. who's this guy? And I'm like, oh, that's that guy I've been hearing it's about. It's that guy again. Went, what yeah. a great, what yeah. a great drum record that yeah. is. Yeah. You just, that's yeah. what I would like my drums to sound like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's cool. So. Dave Maddox. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I never ran into him. Oh, I knew. oh he plays a North Shore in Boston area. Yeah, I know a couple frequently. people that have had encounters, but I never, mm-hmm. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, he plays, uh, he does a lot of studio work uh, with uh, Mike Barry. He's got a little studio okay. in Somerville. Yeah. He and Mike do a lot of work together. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Living legend. Yeah. You know? And he's still waking. And he gets to go home at night most of the time. Hey, when he wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I think we can agree on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, cool. But they, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he does well there and he, you know, does an annual trip over the big Fairport uh, yep. festival every, every summer. Yeah, that's so cool. That's cool. All lines open, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. I don't want to run out of time. Okay. Um, is there any, any part of your history that you want to fill in before I start asking questions that did we miss anything important? <sighs> I think we hit a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I, I'll have to say one of the most fun gigs I ever had was with a, a trio called, lounge trio called the Electric Logs. Okay. And this was about 98 to nine, 2003. Uh, and, um, you know, Andy Carlock, the bass player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Andy got me in out of that because their drummer, uh, had gone, uh, Judd Williams, had gone off to do the tour with the amazing Royal Crowns, I think. Okay. So they needed I and and so was Andy playing bass and theremin. Oh, at the same time? No, <laughs> but he would do he would do like the Mary Tyler Moore theme in the middle. Of, we would do a version of that, hey. and he would do the melodies of yeah. solo. Sure. And Alan, the, um, the keyboard player and front singer, was <laughs> Alan is absolutely hysterical. I mean, he just uh, he had a great Western swing band called the Spurs. Okay. Uh, most recently, he's, he went out as Roy Sludge. <laughs> yeah, Duke Levine playing in Duke. Ooh, now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Alan sure. singing truck stop songs. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. deep baritone. Yeah. Duke or uh, 
you know, um, uh, you know, one of the other A-list Boston guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, usually Jim Haggerty or, one, or sure. one of these guys playing stand-up. And I have never laughed so hard. So, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> man, you know, I, and I got to use all this finky pop music that I heard playing when I was a kid, like all the Herb Alpert covers. Yeah, right, right, TV right. themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything the originals songs were in that vein. And every seventh song was a Rod Keith song. I know who that Rod is. Keith was the guy, a guy in L.A., I think, who did the music for that uh, set your song to music for 25 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, The yeah, Tommy yeah. Artolino compilation. I was just going to say that, yeah. Rod's stuff is all over that. Oh, okay. Okay, I got to get into that. Yeah. Right. So, wow. We would do a Rod Keith song in every set. So you would send in your poetry and he would write a song to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in that vein, we would also, wow. we'd do a, a couple of times a night, we'd uh, do a... Bad request segment. We said, bad requests. Yell out your bad requests. You know, <laughs> yell them out. The worst, sure. the better. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why songs not? that make you gag, buddy, that's our bad. Play anything on <laughs> Play anything on a theremin. What do you, th what do you think the, the, the number one bad request was? Man. I, you There's know, so many bad songs. Yeah, bad songs. I don't know. Number one was Honey. Oh, God, Bobby. I hate that. That song sucks. That's yeah. a terrible song. Yeah. So what even, I, yeah, I went through that a phase with that song. What is, what's that dude's problem? <laughs> you know, I'm like, um, what the heck? You know, I don't know. Um, so what's the deal with that song? Did she die? Is that what this is? Like I've listened I think to the so. song and I'm like, okay, for all this d specific detail, no. I still don't know what happens in that song. Right. Well, if it's a dead spouse or, you know, a, a puppy or something, you know, like yeah. old Shep or something, then you can relate to it. Yeah. Leave it open. Yeah, that song is terrible. What was the song about cannibalism? Uh, the Timothy. Yeah. Remember? We did that. Occasionally. Yep, I remember Not that. Not often. Yeah, I remember that song. Yeah, yeah, those those are terrible songs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would, yeah that's a bad one, honey. Yeah, that song sucks. But if, if you play them reasonably well in a place where alcohol is served, you can have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You could, there's a theremin in honey. You could get away with that. I, I told Andy he should, you know, print up cards explaining what a theremin was and sell them for a dollar when anybody asked him because <laughs> yeah right right yeah you pay for the gig like what is that thing what is that thing and it, i have a picture of him we played a wedding oh no for fans and i have a, a snapshot of all these little kids like about two feet high clustered around him yeah yeah like, and he's doing it doing it it's great that's awesome but that, that's i have to say that's the most fun gig i've ever played sounds like fun I did it for about three years yeah that sounds like fun blessed cool so it's like nrbq the box but the whole gig is like oh yeah the box. <laughs> well yeah That's you cool. know we're all nrbq fans i've done gigs like that i had a band for a while playing with tom Izzo. you know tom oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we would do a local gig where like we literally would would play anything that anyone yelled out and we would just play until we didn't know every song would end at the bridge but like we go yeah sure sure and then we get halfway through it and go all right, it's over. We don't know how the rest goes. Or just we go, did da, that. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did that all night. It was the most fun I ever had. Yeah. I'll Talk bet. about Pittsburgh before, if in case we run out of time, why I'm wearing this. So what's the Pittsburgh connection? Uh, my girlfriend, Colleen, was living out there. Right. And I started going out to visit her. And um, and I I just, I love the city. The people yeah. are nice. The food's good. Yep. Um, yep. You know. Yep. It's uh, a I great love, place. I love the ball, the baseball Field. The PNC Park is just yeah. one of the most beautiful parks in America. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, great. yeah. Great. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look out over the mm -hmm. the outfield, the way it frames the city, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the beer is better than it is in New York. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 I'm not a beer expert, yeah. but yeah. Well, it's, well, at least it was. I mean, when they're still yeah, serving yeah. local brews at the, at the sure. ballpark. Anyway. Sure. Um, and um, one of the first times I went out to visit her, we went to see. Um, I, I mentioned that one of my favorite drummers lived out there, Roger Humphreys, who played on uh, and Horace Silver's band on "Song for My Father" and all that stuff. Right, right. He's still playing. Oh wow! He's, yeah, you know he's older, Crazy. but he teaches a bit. You wow. know, he does a couple of jazz gigs a year. Gotta ask my uncle about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he had um, he had a club gig, a regular jam session, yeah, down on the strip. Yeah, yeah. So we went to this thing, and I, I was just. He's a nice guy, you know, all regular folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The caliber of people that were getting up with, with him. I was like, man, you know, you go to some local jam sessions and, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. But 
if you went and Pittsburgh historically has been one of those towns, like you better know your stuff. Turns out, or, or they're gonna. Turns out. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that, but I know I know that now. But I, I wouldn't say half grew up in Pittsburgh, but my whole family's from there. I'm the only one born here, uh-huh. even my sister. So summers, Christmases, so like about one third Pittsburgh, growing up. So sure. I know you know know a lot about that town, but not as an adult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was always musical. Always oh, yeah. a musical town. Yeah, I, I, I'm just astounded. I'm still hearing about people who are from there. Yeah, Art Blakey, Mary Lou yep. Williams, all these jazz greats. Yep. Yep. Uh, really, another really good book, Smoketown, that, oh, okay. about the cultural history of Pittsburgh from the th- 1930s on. Oh, okay, I'll have to look Everything, for that. Everything, prize yeah. fighting, theater. Billy Strayhorn, I think. Billy Strayhorn. Right? Sure. It, it does that whole, you know, the Strayhorn yeah. saga. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, Pittsburgh. It's a cool place. It's very, it's... Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, I haven't been everywhere, but I still, as an adult, I've been there, and I'm like, yeah, there's something about this place Yeah. that I dig. I think it's more of a sports town than a music town. Sure. But if you know, if you want to look back at the cultural history of yeah. the city, it's pretty, it's very, very deep. Yep. Especially in the jazz world, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you got August Wilson. Yep. You know, all his plays and stuff. Where, what part of town did she live in? In Mexican War Streets up on the north side. Okay. It yeah. just. Uh, I don't know if I know. It's like a ten minute walk from the, uh, from the ballpark. Cool. Um, you know, cool. when when she moved in there, it was like all drive by shootings and. Oh boy. So anyway, she and you know the people that she lived with, then uh, you know her friends and neighbors, kind of brought the the neighborhood back. Yeah. And now it's been gentrified. Nobody can afford to live there anymore. Right. You know, yeah. Like a that happens. You know, it's Victorian theme park. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty, but you can't afford to live there. Yeah. So, so, I go, know. so go home. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I got. I have. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. South Side's becoming just uh, College Bar Central. You know, oh, yeah. South Side used to be very you know, much so. Good drum shop out there too now in, in McKee's Rocks. Oh, I haven't been. Hawthorne Drum Shop. It's a second floor of a music store. Cool. It's a lot of fun. All right. Yeah, I'll get back there one of these days. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, you know the do you know the questions? Uh, these are just like in I'll, case we miss something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you ask them and then answer them? What is my favorite food? Yeah. What? Yeah. What I've doesn't. thought about this long and hard. Oh boy. Okay. Because I love to eat. <laughs> I, I Do you would, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say gumbo because it never comes out the same way twice. Hey, see what I'm saying? So if I was in a cell and somebody, I asked somebody to bring me gumbo, I'd never get bored. Right. Right. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah. It's like chili. Yeah. You don't know. Everybody has their different Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Wow. So where's the, what's the best? Oh. Got to be New Orleans, obviously. Wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't? You're like, there's this place in Cleveland. I think that's unlikely. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I did. Li- I lived in New Orleans for a little bit in the late 70s. Hey. Great time to be there. Professor Longhair and James Burke and all these guys were still that. playing. And that was a treat. Whoa. That's crazy. Talk about your book. Right? Uh, yeah. Um, remember, I told you I was having a difficult time with the newspaper business. Sure. I said, oh, I'm going to make one last stab at this and do something serious. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I went off... Long story, but I, yeah. I ended up writing a book about uh, the murder of the police chief down there in 1891, mm-hmm. and the subsequent lynching of uh, 11 Italians and Italian Americans for it. Yeah, it the biggest mass lynching in American history. That's right. And I gave it to a literary agent, and it sat around for 15 years before somebody bought it. Whoa! Um, so it ended up working out in the end. I got to, to speak to a lot of uh, Italian American societies and libraries and stuff. What possessed you to? Tell that story. Um, I was kind of stumped as to what to do next. I okay. kind of reached a dead end. And, yeah. and a friend of mine said, what are you working on? I said, oh, I'm thinking about writing about the antiques business. You know, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to read that. Why don't you write a book about New Orleans? You know, you love the music. And, sure. You know, I said, there are too many New Orleans books. What are, said, what are you reading for fun? And I was reading Wise Guy that um, uh, Goodfellas was based on. Sure. He said, why don't you write a crime story about New Orleans? And I had I was aware of this story, and it was the most sensational thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm story. kind of aware of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I this was 1989. Okay. And I didn't think anybody had written about it. I was yeah, wrong. Right. Oh, really? But I I went in and I did the research down in the library there. I yep. worked really hard on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And um, it all worked out in the end. It was in print for about three years. Oh, that's cool. So you can find it in your local library. Does it stand as, is it one of the definitive, did it end up being one of the definitive books of that incident? Did you, 
Like you said, there's it's somebody not for me wrote to say, about but it. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's there. It is there. Yeah, I, that's I, cool. You know, I don't make any excuses for it. You know, I think uh, I got to read it. Yeah, I could say yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, yeah, whatever. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried so many I tried, stories. Nobody. Every, it was sort of a political football story. Yeah. You know how it was told depended upon. Who was right. telling the tale Who's, over the years? Sure, sure, sure. And I couldn't figure out what had actually happened. I said, "I'm going to play the straight down the middle." Wow, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to Just tell get the facts. Get the facts. Yeah. So, in that respect, yeah, it is a definitive book. Hey, that's that's kind of cool. So that's your yeah. contribution, like yeah. you say, to the. Just telling the story without a. I I, I love New Orleans so much, and uh, you know, I I just wanted. I always wanted, you know, if you love a place, you always want to be part of the get a little piece of the action. That's right. Part of you does. Why not? And I guess that was probably my deal. Did you ever feel at any point during the the book and all that that you got the love back from the city in some in some sense? I did. I uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I I I did a book talk at the, uh, the I think it's the East Jefferson uh, uh, Italian American Society, and they partnered with the local German society. Oh boy! They put on this big dinner. Yeah, sure. And we, I just. The people were so nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We had a nice meal. I met you know, everybody. Was you know, I did the you know, did the talk. And I'll, you know, I never forget. And, and and part of it was you know, telling older people who'd never heard the story were part of the Italian American community. Yeah, right. Didn't know about it. Right. Now we can tell the tale. Right. And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I met some older people who it explained some stuff to them. There was an older guy. Who hey, that's up, cool. I never forget that that. That particular dinner, he got up and he said, "You know, when I was a kid, the other kids call used to call me a dirty dago." Yeah, right. And sure. and it was a holdover from that whole thing. Right, right. And he exactly. says, "I never understand. He used to make me so mad, and now I understand what was going on." Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would have done things differently. You know, uh, I might have annotated, you know, annotated my sources huh. better. But you know, you're trying to make it yeah, smaller, sure. edit it. Sure. You know. Sure, I can um, imagine. And uh, hey, well, that's cool. You but, got to contribute to yeah the the, the uh, history. Yeah, I, I just it was a great experience. That's really cool. You're gonna write another anything else or no? That was a lot of one work. and done. That was a lot of work. My eyes are not quite as good as they were <laughs> thirty years ago. Hey, well, that's cool though. Yeah, I'm th- I'm actually thinking about getting back into writing. Hey, you know, just not? just for the love of it, if nothing else. Yeah, it's one of those you can't really expect much back from it. You know, as a vocation, it's sure. really hard. Sure, but everything gets harder, especially now. Sure. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the the economy of that and the music business have changed so much in the last thirty years. It's That's just right. You know, it, yep. these are, these I are hear you. Different times. Yep. All right, we're going to run out of time. Let me let's let's do this real fast. Okay. Desert Island albums in thirty seconds. Uh, just a few. Uh, Bill Evans and um, Tony Bennett duets. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Good Dog, Happy Man, Bill Frizzell with Jim Keltner playing drums. Ooh, I don't know that one. Good record. Yikes. Um, Axis, I never get tired of hearing. Um, I like that one, too. I don't know. A Richard Thompson record. Sure. Maybe Poured On Like Silver. Wow. And there's a great live record. I think it's uh, Two Letter Words. It's it's a 1994 um, tour. I don't know. He's on the list. I'm there, but someday I'm going to go top to bottom. Well, if you want a greatest hits album of that whole first half of his career it's great and the band yep. is great it's uh it's richard thompson danny thompson the great bass player yep. pete zorn playing all kinds of yeah, stuff sure sure and and dave maddox playing drums all right yeah i gotta yeah i gotta get on it yeah double album yeah no that's fine and that's the, fine and the songs are fabulous yeah it's on the list yeah, yeah he's he's like you know what i mean like i'm i'm getting there but i gotta you know i when I get into something, I got to go top uh, yeah, to bottom yeah, yeah, yeah. just so I know, understand. You know. We'll we'll talk. We'll have more. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, all right. Uh, I that might be. We might be good. I don't want to okay. run out of. I don't want to. I don't want to cut off anything because it's going to go on cable. So, sure. come back because okay. I feel like we didn't do enough. Oh, we can talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll do this again. We'll do this again. Okay, cool. Um. Tom Smith, thanks for coming. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Finally, you know, I, I asked you way in the beginning. You did. Yeah, it's yeah, good though. And I, I, you know, your other guest is so great. So you don't want to talk. To oh, me. Nah. <laughs> no, man, no, this is for real. All right, thanks for coming, Tom Smith. I'm going to press the button. There it is. All right, John Packman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland. Come over to Bridge, go through one set of lights, and start looking left. Oh man, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at this.
All right. Thanks a lot for listening, kids. I appreciate it. Uh, YouTube, like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Listen everywhere that you can listen. Tell all your friends. If you want to come on the show, don't hesitate. Thank you, Tom Smith. Thanks for coming. That is all. If you'd like to start your own podcast, give us a call at Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance. Our professionally designed podcast space is here for all your recording needs. Rent out our studio to do interviews with up to four people to record audiobooks, social media content, and all other recorded material. Our rentals include a private studio along with our professional-grade podcasting equipment and We can customize your output to whatever your needs are. We also have green screen capabilities, which will expand to uh, video capability if you so wish. So check us out here at convalley.net forward slash podcast.